Grand Rising, everyone. I'd like to come to live. Spirit and coffee. Come and come here. Mm -hmm. Yum, yum, yum. Okay, let's get started. So, um, I was out two days, and that actually feels weird for me. Um, I get a little, like, sad when I'm not on here. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, but back on today, um, and then obviously I'm not going to be on tomorrow, but that's okay. Um, but I had to get on today. Okay, so um, let's just take a look. We were going through Earth it's, it's, is its nurse um, and started talking about being the mother to the self and how that looks and why we should be the mother to the self. And it's super critical, super important. Um, and because we start to nurture and really love ourselves and be gentle and kind to ourselves, so we reclaim that for ourselves, um, which is a powerful gift that we can give to self. So learning how to do that and also helps us to understand how to work with the masculine and feminine, feminine energies from within um, and give it the power that it needs in order to move forward. So pretty powerful stuff. Okay, so the conjunction of Edward Kelly um, and a reading from the Emerald Tablet, uh, personal, Alchemy for Personal Transformation. Um, the conjunction of Edward Kelly, uh, at first glance, the life of Edward Kelly does not seem very explanatory. Born in 1555, Rochester, England. Discovery Lad took up professional, a profession of a lawyer through the details of his scholar, scholastics background <laughs> remains sketchy. Um, it is known that he made more practice of the forgery than of law and was arrested for falsifying deeds. Um, a punishment, both uh, his ears were, uh, wow, lopped off. That's crazy. I guess back then they were doing that. And that was how the calcination of Ever Kelly began. Humil humiliated and disgraced, he fled to the North Wales where he changed his name and uh, took up lodging at a remote inn. Uh, the innkeeper apparently took pity on the wretched man, for he treated him fairly and sought out his conversation. Uh, when he realized Kelly was an educated man, he brought out an old weathered manuscript that found desecrated tomb at the ruins of Gatsbury Abbey. Two local men and bro um, had broken into the tomb seeking valuables. But what they found were only a large book lying in the coffin, two small ivory veils, one attached to the corpse of the mouth and the other on its forehead. The grave robbers traded the seemingly worthless items to the innkeeper for a skin of wine. So uh, I bet you this book is like worth tons of money. <laughs> they just didn't know. Since Kelly was able to read Latin, he discovered that the book was work of the hermetic arts. And when he opened up the veils, he found that it contained a white powder of some strange red powder that seemed to glow. Intrigued, he offered uh, a pound sterling for the lot. The innkeeper, eager to rid himself of the relics, promptly agreed. Kelly took the items to the room, and he spent the next few months trying to decipher the manuscript. The task proved daunting, and he made a little progress, though eerie drawings in the book seemed to activate unconscious forces within Kelly. And he started having dreams full of alchem alchemic symbols. The mysterious manuscript had become the catalyst for Kelly's dissolution process that that greatly sharpened his intuitive insight. So now 
the unconscious, which is where I've been talking about the active, you know, Carl Jung calls it the active imagination, whatever you want to call it, okay? It is that realm that creates, right, that pulls from a space that we don't entirely understand and the dream world being one of those places, okay? Good morning to those on Facebook. I don't know who's on here. Say good morning so I know who's here. I mean, say good morning to you. <laughs> okay, so the dissolution was, you know, once you start to read, there's certain books, right? People are constantly like, oh, I want to transcend time space. I want to do all this stuff. Literally, there are books that if you buy the book and you start to read it, will start to unlock pieces of your mind that you didn't know were there. Really cool stuff, right? Where maybe your dreams start to become more vivid or it unlocks a piece of the um, subconscious and then it actually opens up the unconscious where we're able to or the collective unconscious where we're able to pull information from a deeper space good morning Cecile. how are you now that's what they're talking about and in hermetics if we go back and we start to look at you know spiritual alchemy and we start to read some of this stuff what it does is it starts to tap into a place that we didn't even realize existed hey kumar how are you and so we start to go like, what is this, right? Now, the active imagination is where we create whole new universes. And I'm saying this because that's what's happening now, because it's timely, to be honest with you, to talk about it. Why? Because right now, people are creating universes, right? What is the metaverse and all this stuff they're coming up with? It's a universe. I mean, I don't know if it's true, but I heard people are buying land inside cyberspace, and I don't know what all right because they're going to put their consciousness into this whole new universe this whole new space and that's what it is it's a transcendence or a new dimension on a new way of constructing a universe so why in the world you know you can do that so you think about it what do you want to be in someone else's universe no i personally no thank you <laughs> I want to be in my universe. Um, so thank you very much. Okay. So, um, but it allows you to tap into the unconscious mind and dissolution in the process. So gradually, Kelly discovered that the author of the book was Saint Dustin, a Christian alchemist and a martyr. The last um, abbot of the Gatsbury Dunson was hung by King Henry for his allied. Uh, alleged oh sorry i can't even say uh, alliance uh to the pope allegiance to the pope sorry kelly found out that the abbott book contained secrets that formulate the base of the emerald tablet and other teachings of hermetic trismegistus beyond that the text and the images were indecipherable and kelly instinctively felt the book contained marvelous truths here's the deal we literally Okay, we think about Hermetics and the Emerald Tablet. This book had the power to reshape, recreate new existence, new ways of seeing the world. So Hermetics, right, is something that's really important. Literally, when people start to understand how to use this information, they literally will get killed. I keep saying literally, but there you go. And they either get called whack jobs, but it's really not a whack job, to be honest with you. This is alchemy is not woo woo stuff. People say, oh, that woo woo stuff. It's not woo woo. Okay. It's not this out there thing that you can actually create with it. You can co create. And it allows you to co create with the divine. 
So people take this information and they bastardize it or they misuse it. They misconstrue it. They miss, you know, and they use it for their own personal gain. But you'll see over and over and over and over again, people who find their way to alchemy, spiritual alchemy, um, tend to be called crazy. So Carl Jung, um, who is now <laughs> saturated in, in psychology, um, was an alchemist, spiritual alchemist. That's what he did. And he was afraid to say it because why? Because then they would discredit him as a scholar, an academic scholar. It took him a while. And now we talk about it a little bit more openly, but they'll still say, oh, those psychologists are whack jobs or crazy, blah, blah, whatever. And it's not. It's not. It's really the opportunity for us to tap into the unconscious mind and for us to understand how powerful we are. Once we do, you know, we reclaim our power and they don't want us to reclaim our power. How can they control us if we have power? They can't. So people with this wisdom, this information, they, especially if they're getting followers, especially if they're doing something on a grand scale and it's getting noticed, will then be um, pretty much killed. <laughs> That's usually what happens. I mean, it's funny, not funny, but we already have it in history where this individual was killed um, because he was actually doing or working in hermetics. Um, and giving that information to quote unquote the enemy, right? If you start doing something and then people want more of you, they're going to fight over who has you, like if they own you. And then if you don't give, if you give the wrong person information or they feel like you're a traitor or treason or whatever, then they'll kill you. Then that's it. Over. Now the atomic bomb, all of these nuclear warheads, everything came from alchemy. I can't stress it enough. Start focusing on alchemy and you'll understand how this entire thing has been constructed. Okay. So in this act of separation, Kelly picked up what was left of his life and decided to dedicate all of his efforts to solving the mysteries contained in Dunstan's book. He soon forgot his own problems and took the manuscript to London to show it to Dr. John Lee. D an acquaintance more knowledgeable in such things. D, a widely regarded mathematician and esoteric scholar, was in an intense genius who centered, entered Cambridge at the age of 15 and disciplined himself to sleep only four hours a day so he could devote more time to studying mythology and alchemy. Okay, mythology and alchemy. That's what I'm studying. <laughs> Same thing. When Callie showed the manuscript and powers to D, the good doctor immediately recognized their value. Despite their up opposing characters and lifestyles, Kelly and D agreed to collaborate on providing manuscript contents. In December, using the two mysteries, um, pow powders, and the following instructions in Dustin's book, the two men successfully transmuted almost 10 ounces of silver from 24 ounces of lead. And... Uh, from the same quantity of tin, no less, and 10 ounces of pure gold. They contained experiment, um, they continued experimenting and had many failures as well as more successes. Um, so the ethereal process, D wrote a letter, was once involved only, not only in knowledge of chemistry, but also demanded metaphysical changes in the two alchemists themselves. In fact, the two men even 
held seances and claimed to have conjured up spirits of Apollosis, Tanya. Um, they used patterns of the Emerald Tablet to help them in their efforts. Dee swore that he was he would never use this spiritual knowledge to enrich himself, but would instead use it to find the secret of the Philosopher's Stone for all mankind. Here you go. Okay. Now, let's see who shows up because people may or may not show up to this, but super critical. Finding the Philosopher's Stone for all mankind. Literally, we ca I cannot find your Philosopher's Stone. You've got to. That is your, up to you. It's your journey, right? I've been talking to people more and more, and they go, well, how did you come to this? How do you know this stuff? What, how do you, I don't want Because those who are seeking will find the way. Those who are really, truly seeking the truth, the truth and pure of heart, right? Not the truth as I want to um, be rich and famous and use it for manipulation, you can do that too, but there's a there's a consequence, right? It's almost like you sign over your soul, basically, and you're trapped, and you're a puppet to somebody if you do that, to the to the energy that's going to trap you and hold you. But when you're pure of heart and you're on the journey and you're looking for the philosopher's stone, it's funny because you know Harry Potter takes all of this. Everybody loves Harry. A lot of people love Harry Potter, right? A lot of people love Star Wars. A lot of people love all of these movies. Those movies are based in spiritual alchemy, and and they take these storylines from the spiritual alchemic process and they put it into a movie. And really, it's just information that's being regurgitated over and over and over. Hello, Krishna. So when we're looking at the Philosopher's Stone, this individual didn't want to use it for personal gain. Instead, he said, I want to use this information to help people to transcend, right? Good morning, Christina. And, and then he said, well, let's take it further, right? And so they learned how to use chemistry with it because that's what it is. Chemistry came from spiritual alchemy. Now, I wouldn't meddle in trying to turn any base metal into gold. That's not my, no, for what? For riches? <laughs> Literally, what would make me happy? To have a workshop, right? I call it a workshop. To have a space big enough that I can do the work that I need to do. And that work being what? Giving back to humanity. Giving this information to humanity. I don't just do this for... I do, well, I do it for my health for sure, but I'm doing it to leave a legacy of wisdom so that people have a place to remember, to understand. I don't know if anyone's gonna, you know, I have, look, one, two people, right? But people um, come and go in and out, in and out, in and out every single day. So I'm reading from the book, Krishna, um, the Emerald Tablet Alchemy for Personal Transformation. And right now we're talking about the hermetic teachings um, that were found. Somebody found them um, a long time ago, like 1555, and he started to decipher what an individual had, a book they had left behind, and trying to understand it, trying to decode it. And I perhaps it was going to happen with me because I'm leaving all kinds of writings behind, and they're really no good to nobody until people start to read and, and, and look into and then try to decipher. So I'm trying to put it together so that people can understand what it is I'm talking about. Now we have people, scholars, we have individuals who have, done, have committed themselves to the art of spiritual alchemy. 
and when those individuals that have done that have left information behind some people don't know how to decode it they don't know how to read it there's um alchemy by other people that i look at and can understand and some i can't but there's alchemy that i have that people would look at and not understand why because we all have it within us we all have a piece of it to add so for us to understand You can add me on Telegram if you have Telegram. So, um, so finding the, the Philosopher's Stone for all mankind, well, that's his problem right there. You can't find the Philosopher's Stone for all mankind. You can only teach people to find their own Philosopher's Stone because they have their own and they have to find it within their self, okay? In June uh, 1583, British government issued um, an attachment on Kelly's possession that acted him of illegally minting gold coins. Kelly's possession that accused him for illegally, oh, um, the following September, the authorities issued a similar decree against John D. and immediately seized his entire library and locked him up, all his property and possessions. Fortunately, Kelly and D. with their uh, wives um, and these children had just weeks before they sailed to uh, Krakow, Poland um, in the company of Polish noblemen. It is said that they repaired their benefactor with alchemic gold once they reached the homeland. Two years later, Kelly and Dee moved to Prague, um, then considered the world center for alchemy. Okay, Dee preferred to work privately, but Kelly um, openly demonstrated the art of making gold, which was witnessed by dozens of reputable people. In the house of the physician of Europe, uh, of Emperor Rudolf, Kelly transmuted a pound of mercury into fine gold in a process that left a small ruby at the bottom of the crucible. Um, at the court, formerly Holy Roman Emperor Maximilian, uh, he demonstrated his power of projection to the German nobles and was promptly rewarded with kingdomhood with knighthood, sorry, and kingdomhood. However, the greedy Maximilian decided to place his living philosophical treasures under the house arrest um, and forced him to fill the state coffers with gold. When Kelly could not keep up with the demand, he was thrown into a dungeon, realizing his dire predicament. Kelly summoned John D, and the two men worked together to satisfy the emperor, but the conditions were deplorable, and Kelly ended up murdering one of their abusive guards. Kelly was remembered uh, to the dungeon through Dr. D was set free and returned to England. So, you know, he had, it sounds to me like a kind of maybe a dark side to him. And in that dark side, hey, uh, what's up, poetic? That dark side that existed with him kept getting him in trouble. So to me, it sounds like his alchemy was a little off. And that's consequences. If we go out and understand alchemy do our alchemy and we do it in terms of manipulation or for our own benefit then there's going to be a dire consequence to us we're going to pay the price in some way so in 1950 d was granted an audience by queen elizabeth in which he pleaded for the intervention on behalf of his friend after the queen visited d in his house where he demonstrated his powers of transmutation. She granted him a license in alchemy and began diplomatic efforts to Kelly, Kelly released, to get Kelly released. Dee was given a castle in Wales in 1596, was made warden of Manchester College, where he moved um, 
with his family. Um, he died there in 1608 at the age of 80. The queen had declared Edward Kelly her subject and demanded his return to England. However, Emperor Maximilian still believed in the man's ability to make gold and refused to release him. Confined to his cell, Kelly wrote a book on the philosopher's stone, which he said could not be found in books or laboratories, but only within the alchemist, alchemist himself, using not the common chemicals, but the hidden sulfur and mercury. Tragically, in the year of 1597, Kelly died and he fell from the rope while trying to escape. Among the writings was found the suitable epitaphy, uh, epitaphy? Okay, I don't know what that is. I venture to hope that my life and the character will so, so become known so uh, to prosperity that I may be counted among those who have suffered much for the sake of the truth. It was indeed a remarkable life. At the lowest point in his career, Edward Kelly found new direction in an esoteric discipline that would lead to the redemption, his redemption. And his collaboration with John Dee, contrary to, to one another as they were, turned out to be one of the most fruitful in the long history of alchemy. Okay, so they came together. So now you're understanding how alchemy was used throughout history. You see, people want the alchemist. People search for the alchemist. People are looking for the alchemist. Now, what they've done is totally bastardized it, right, in chemistry and completely have taken out the spiritual piece that goes with it, which is why we see um, these crazy um, pharmaceuticals. And that's what it is. But if they're looking for a true alchemist, right, they want the true alchemist by their side. So true alchemists would be people that we hear about in history. We can say uh, Nikola Tesla, right? Like Tesla was one. Um, we look at um, Einstein or da Vinci or these people who were true alchemists and studied the art um, when they were doing their alchemy um, because it had such an impact on on the world around us, these individuals who had money would keep them by their side and try to own them, basically. So individuals, the people who created the bombs, nuclear bombs, all that stuff, they're alchemists. That's what they are, okay? And individuals take this information and we look at throughout history, people who are using the alchemy, and I would say using it for manipulation, tend to rise to the top. They tend to be the ones because they start with good intentions, but good intentions lead down a road that, you know, you can use it for good and for bad. And some people will try to figure out your alchemy and then twist it into something that's manipulation because the power of it is, it's almost like the Lord of the Rings, right? Um, and we have Schmeagol's like, my precious. And it's his precious. Why? Because it's powerful. The power of the ring, right? The power of alchemy is the same thing. Some people can go so far and want so much of it, and it literally can drive you mad if you do it too quick, too fast, too much. You've got to take it in doses. I can overwhelm the shit out of people with everything I know. They won't even know what I'm talking about. Like, what? I don't even it just zone out. It's too much. But I took it in small doses, right? I didn't just take it all at once. 
as you build up, the more interconnection that you make, especially in the brain, the brain starts to interconnect and fire off in different ways. You start to recreate and be the master of your, your space and place. And there's deeper understanding of how it applies to your life. And once you understand how to utilize it and you start to be seen and people start to see you and you start to magnify and your alchemy gets bigger, well, then you're going to have people show up. They're going to come knocking at your door. That's the way it works. These individuals who have created these massive things using alchemy, all of it under the guise of alchemy. I can't stress it enough. That's where you, you want to understand what's going on in the world. You want to understand how things are created. Everything's created from spiritual alchemy. The construct of, of all that we see humanity, okay, from the human perspective, basically, is alchemy. So these individuals, look at this guy using his alchemy ended up in a castle. He was a doctor. How did he end up in a castle? Because he was using his alchemy. And then they wanted a piece of that. And then he said, okay, well, we need to gift you something in order for that to happen. If you can make gold, right, um, then we're going to have you do that. If you can create a bomb for our enemies, we're going to do whatever we need to do. We're going to put you up in an ivory tower and you're going to do your work. We're going to, whatever it is we need to do, we're going to do it for you. And then they have the alchemists, but notice that the individuals that are keeping these alchemists are not alchemists themselves. They're just there to manipulate and use. And and you can even ask the person who made the atomic bomb, which it, that actually start, happened here in New Mexico where I live. Um, they were doing the first bombings and stuff like that. But all of it, because we have Sandia National Labs, we have all this stuff and that's, you know, they're creating stuff and they don't even know. We can look at CERN. CERN's creating alchemy on a scale where they want to understand how to create whole universes, uh, smashing particles to understand the first matter. You know, for th that right there is, <laughs> that's a bastardization, right? Because now what they're trying to do is be gods. They want to be gods. That's what Mark Zuckerberg is doing with his Facebook. He's like, this metaverse, he's the god of that universe and people are just going to buy into it. He's not my god. Why would I buy into that? You know, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> That's part of it, right? But it's just a little bit at a time, a little drip at a time. And then they create these whole full-on things. Who's the alchemist behind this, though? Is he the true alchemist behind this metaverse? Or is it somebody else? He's just at the head of it. And he just has enough money. Enough money to tell people and manipulate people to create what he wants. Remember, keeping your eyes open, you can create whole universe. I keep saying this over and over. It's already happening. I was talking about creating whole universes before the, even the metaverse was coming out. Did I know it was coming out? No. I just know what's to come because why? Because I understand alchemy. I understand the, 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 how it works. And I'm, this is my life's work, right? Forever and ever and ever. And it's going to continue and continue and continue to do it. Now, do I apply my alchemy for the betterment of myself? No, I could do it. I could. I could start using it for manipulation and having big things and make it. And for what? 
It's not what I'm doing it for. I'm doing it to teach people their power, remind their power, because we need individuals to wake up and we need people to add to the dialogue. We need people to start opening their mouths and saying, I will no longer be under the shackles and chains of this slavery system that was created through an alchemic process. It's a curse that we're under that needs to be broken. And it's not broken unless we wake up. We can't wake up <laughs> unless we're doing our own alchemy, unless we're fighting our true power. And we'll understand that we are under the curse of white supremacy. That is the archetype that we are under. Not in skin color. I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about an archetype, an energy. It's like they conjured up this energy field and they conjured up this archetype. And now, we're under that spell and we need to break away from it. That means creating whole new systems. That means creating whole new systems. That doesn't mean trying to fix the system we're in. There's no fixing it. We have to create whole new systems. We need more individuals that are alchemists to co-create with, with the mother. The mother's there, gives us everything we need so we can co-create. a lot of work <laughs> when we start to co-create a new existence for ourselves and this planet and heal but we have people running amok and using of course this information for their own benefit all over the place now I teach it why well because I know that there are great people and I know that the individuals out there that are tapping into this, at least the ones I'm teaching, and then why I get on here is because I, I know that we have the power to transcend this um, curse. It's, it's, a, it's a historical curse. It's it's, I mean, it's been happening for ages, right? You know, this archetypal energy has plagued us for a long time now. And it's time to wake up and remove the shackles. But we've got to create it. And we've got to understand who we are. Like deeply rooted who we are. Not just, yeah, I know who I am. No. Like, who are you? Really. That takes going deep, 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 deep within. And understanding. Um, Let's see, um, both individually and taken together, the lives of Edward Kelly and John Dee demonstrated the power of conjunction, the coming together of opposites and consolation of new beliefs that changed their personalities at the deepest level and provided us a unexpected inner strength and confidence to carry on. We will confront the profound powers of, of conjunction in 14 conjunction, creating the over self. In the meantime, the process of conjunction has brought us to a new level of alchem alchemic ladder where we enter the realm beyond the physical and embarked on the final three operations that will bring the ultimate coagulation of the spirit. Okay. So separation, the earth from fire, separate the earth from fire. Okay. So we will go on to this next time um, for the next on uh, Monday, but it's the power of true imagination. Okay. And this is important because imagination's missing from individuals who have not been taught spiritual alchemy. 
Um, it's the one, it's part of the uh, great trickery that they've done to us. They've taken that out of our existence and we've become scientific. You think that all these individuals are just left brain scientific? No, they're not. They know how to use the imagination. They're the ones creating while we're stuck in um, this other piece, this very left brain scientific way of thinking and the active imagination has no time to catch up because we're so ingrained in it. It's like we're five times removed from it. We have to reclaim that and that's what they took away from the ancestors, from the natives, from all of these ancient traditions, the drum ceremonies, right, which ignited that active imagination, connect us to that spiritual inner being, that power that was within, drums being the big one. They took all of that away from the natives here. So we had ayahuasca, peyote, all this stuff come in because they would transcend using drums and they would be able to enter into the realm of the five dimension, six dimension, whatever dimension it was, the spiritual realm, the collective unconscious, whatever you want to call it the heavens that was taken away and because it was taken away society itself has fallen into the trap and the illusion of white supremacy it's a curse it's a curse the curse was there there's even a um writing of um a native who talked about the curse that would come um, and I can't remember who wrote it. I have to find the article. And the article talks about how um, the natives were talking about who could do the best spells, or I can't remember, or whatever. And, and they were cursing each other. And her curse was, the white man will come. Well, to me, it wasn't just, it wasn't the white man. It was the archetype, the glorified white archetypal energy. That glorified archetypal energy being what we call today white supremacy. People think white supremacy has to do with skin color and it doesn't, it's beyond that. It's it's more than that. It's an archetypal energy that was conjured up in alchemy. We're tangled up in it, everybody is. People will say, well, I don't believe it. That's okay, don't believe it, you're still a part of it. It's kind of like if you put yourself in this metaverse that's being created and you can't tell the difference between reality or the metaverse. And saying, well, I don't believe in the metaverse, but you're in it. It's like the matrix. I don't believe in the matrix. Well, don't believe in it, but you're in it. Same thing. We're under a spell that needs to be broken. It's the white supremacy archetype. It's an archetype that showed up and we're under the guise of it. And we need to break it. And what I think it's going to be, and this is my prophecy, and this is how I am going to break the curse. It's going to be an old black woman that breaks the curse. An archetypal energy, not a person, an energy. A wise, old, dark, the one that's rejected, right? Like that old lady that gets rejected, that nobody wants. That's what will break the curse and guess what the people who have lived under the guise of this archetypal energy 
and have benefited from this archetype are freaking out. They don't know what to do because it's coming. That would be chaos if you want to call it chaos. The great mother. The great mother is, is the womb. It's that dark, dark, dark space. It's old. It's wise. And it's coming to serve justice, but it's still loving and kind. But it's scary because it devours, and that's where people get afraid, because it's chaos. And if we can't open our eyes to this, we're all going to get a piece of it. So why? We don't need to. We just honor the mother. It's that simple. But no, the, the white supremacist archetype will not do it. Why? Um, well, because they've been benefiting from it. <sighs> Who wants to get rid of their privilege? It's hard just to give up everything you have, right? The kingdom. How do I give up this quote-unquote kingdom that I created? How does the Pope walk away from that, knowing that that's what they're under the guise of? Pretty crazy, powerful stuff. I get in big trouble. <laughs> if I had enough followers on here and people understood what I was talking about, I guarantee I would be in trouble for speaking out with it. I promise you. Because it's they feel like it's an attack. An attack on their institutions. And then, oh, somebody knows our secret? Yeah, people know. But how do we break it? That's the question. So to be determined. I will be coming out with my own way of breaking that particular archetypal energy in a perhaps a book. So there you go. Let it be known. <laughs> the greatest treason known to man and those who understand and utilize it for their own power and glory, justice will come. Not justice as in human justice, but cosmic justice. So those individuals should be maybe perhaps a little scared. I know I would if, cause, if chaos was coming for me. The great mother was coming for me to devour me, but not, not, in, not in not a loving way, but in a way that, yeah, you can no longer do this. I'm here to break that curse so that my people can live. The people that are remember the loving, kind people, there's still loving, kind people out there, I promise you. I'm hopeful for humanity. <laughs> I'm cheering for humanity that <laughs> we will find our way home. Some will, some won't. Nothing I can do about it. I'll just continue to do my podcast and do what I know how to do, and that's it. That's all I can do, right? I don't. I can only do what I can do. I just take what I have and whatever's given to me by the divine. I just take it and I just do it. And and whoever's here to take that message, even if it's just one poetic <laughs> person. Um, good morning, watching from Philly. Oh, I didn't know if Christina's in Philly. But I don't know if she's on here still. But the one, two people, whoever watches it, there you go. Reclaim your power through the mother. I was talking about this the other day. See, there's movies coming out. I'll just say this one thing. If we notice, I like watching movies um, and I love watching certain series and stuff like that because they understand what's happening and they use their alchemy through movies, literally. 
they give us a storyline. They tell us what's going on. And I've noticed in all these movies, it's about powerful women coming together and learning how to use chaos, which is the great mother, the energy force that comes through them. There's a couple of um, Netflix shows and Prime, like the time, um, the Wheel of Time is one and the Witcher is another. You watch those movies and you'll see how chaos comes through them. And they even call it chaos because it is the great mother's chaos. And it's the it's the most powerful energy. The great mother has more power than the, the sacred masculine. And that's what they're afraid of. And women, when we talk about gender, women are, hold the potential to move that energy through them more than men we understand chaos way well why because well we have we hold birth we have the the potential to hold life within us that is a whole chaos right when you're holding new life in you but also because of our hormones also because we we share our blood with the world our blood gets shed we are the sacrifice we are the one who is shedding the blood and they used to share blood with the earth and we don't do that anymore we've cut off those rituals completely cut off those rituals. And then we get to an age where we become, they call a crone, right? It's like the three goddess that we have within us and we stop bleeding. And one of my mentors said something pretty profound, which was, yeah, and then you stop giving your blood. You stop having to share your blood with the world. But right now we share our blood with the world. That's why we were seen as magical because we have the power of chaos, which is magic. That's where magic comes from, to be able to conjure that chaos in us. So you can watch these um, shows and you can see what's going on. There's, don't worry, there's still, I have some, they still try to play out the same storyline of the white savior, of course, um, which is, of course, something that I have my issues with. But the fact that I'm looking at these women and how they're showing how the women are chaos, and that, that's what I'm talking about. At least there's a visual that you can understand what I mean. We have that. All of us women have that power. It's not just a select few. It's all of us. If we choose. <laughs> the great mother will come. That's, that's, that's who's coming. And it's coming for that archetypal energy. And I declare it so. I declare it so. To create new worlds that are in harmony a new world that's in harmony and they're trying to escape it. They're trying to escape it through the metaverse. What do you think that is? That's their big escape. They don't want to be torn up by chaos. So they're afraid. So what are they doing? Creating new universes. Okay. You, it's up to you if y'all want. I, I know that you people that are on here are not going to be part of that. And it's, it's personal choice. Right? Because 500 years from now, who knows what the world's going to look like. But I can tell you right now, they're conjuring up a whole new cyberspace. And it's a, a universe that's created by those individuals that are afraid that chaos is coming for them. But they can't escape it. Because see, it's going to just follow them into the next dimension. It's not going away. You can't get rid of it. And the fact that, let's say, for instance, I'm doing these live videos in cyberspace, even if I, let's say, for instance, just go away 
my consciousness is still somehow a part of cyberspace because I've done so many podcasts, so many, that information is going somewhere into cyberspace. That the information is, chaos is coming no matter what. So they can make these universes and whatever, but chaos is still going to exist in there. It's, it's not going away. The Great Mother's not going away. So whatever they're trying to conjure up um, with their new alchemy, good luck. <laughs> Everybody's got to, you know, the consequences are going to come for you. You can't run forever. It's just an escape, you guys. It's not an escape for you. It's an escape for them. And they're putting themselves at the top of the pyramid again. And people will be so happy to be a part of it. And I wish I could save those souls, but, you know... I can't. That's not my job. My job is to teach people to save himself. Third choice, self. Neither right, wrong, good, or bad. But we can't return to paradise if we continue it. There is paradise. There's beauty on earth. There's harmony on earth. Us humans have done a great big disservice <laughs> to this earth and you know I can't say that I'm not part of it because I'm actually socialized right I'm not living off the earth the way I want to or should be so I'm trying to give back wake people up do my job the way I know how give my part in a way that I know how okay there you go so totally went on and on and on but okay love you guys of course I will be seeing you guys all on Monday, um, and we'll get into the next chapter. We're moving along pretty good on this book, which is awesome. We're on chapter seven. Dang, we're gonna be done soon. I thought maybe sooner than I thought. So, uh, seven, chapter seven, the power of the true imagination. Separate the earth from the fire. Okay. All right. So I love you guys. Have the most amazing day ever. And I will be seeing you guys Monday. Bye-bye.